My man said he's from the south side. I'm from the south side too. Where where you at? Where where at on the south side? Robbins, wow. You from a tough area, Robbins. I know where Robbins is. Okay, amen. Well, thank you so much for your your invitation, Pastor, and your your great hospitality. I really do appreciate it. <clears throat> Good to be here for the first time um, at Word of Truth. And I'm looking forward tonight. I'll be doing a mass deliverance, and I'll be sharing with you what I'm going to be dealing with primarily tonight. And um, before I minister, I do have a, a several books that I brought. I've written over 50 books, and if you go to Amazon, you'll see a list of all of them. I've written books on deliverance, the prophetic, the apostolic, and prayer. Those are the primary focuses that I've been writing on uh, since about 1990. And um, I have three books I brought with me. Uh, This is a newer book called Activate Heaven. It's about how to get your voice uh, to release heaven's favor and power uh, on your behalf. How sound, God responds to sound. God is the God of sound. Even the sound of your voice is very unique. Uh, The sounds of worship, sounds are very important. The sound of the shofar, um, heaven is full of sounds. If people are are worried about, if people don't like loud services, they're going to have a hard time in heaven. I believe when some people get to heaven, because they're not used to certain sounds that God is going to have them take an orientation class first because heaven is full of sound and sound is very important. The right sound at the right time releases something. This talks about the sound of your voice, the sounds that God responds to. It's a very, very prophetic book from Psalm 19. It talks about the the sound has gone out into all the earth. And their words to the uttermost part of the world. And then this book is called Break Every Chain. It's the latest book I've written. Uh, 25 of the most common strongholds that we deal with in the ministry of deliverance. It's really a book also. Uh, you can do self-deliverance. Minister to yourself. Uh, 25 of the most common strongholds that we deal with in the ministry of deliverance. And then this book is called Deliverance and Spiritual Warfare Manual. I've been operating in deliverance since 1984. So 37 years now I've been practicing deliverance. And I've seen thousands of people uh, set free from uh, all kinds of demons. When I first started ministering, because my background is Pentecostal, I was ordained in the Church of God in Christ and so... We, we would always minister with a tie in a suit coat. And so I'm ministering deliverance to this. There was a young lady. And, and, and the demons in her were so strong, we had to hold her down on the floor. And I had a tie on. And this girl reached up, grabbed my tie, and began to wrap it around And the demons started laughing because it was choking me. I couldn't get free. It was, I thought it was going to choke me to death. And I'm trying to get away. And this thing has a grip on this tie and it's just pulling and pulling and laughing. So I finally got free. So it'll never happen again. So the next day I went out and bought one of them 
clip on breakaway ties. So if a demon grabs my tie again, I think it did happen again, and I laughed this time. Not today, devil. You would not choke me. I've been punched. I've been spit on. I've been tackled, ministering deliverance to people, but never, ever hurt. But I've seen some real, real strong manifestations. I'm not looking for that tonight. It's unusual when that happens. But um, tonight I do want to talk about or pray tonight in the service as I did this morning on double-mindedness. And let me begin by saying this. If you want to be a steadfast, consistent, strong, unwavering believer, there are two things you must overcome in your life. Two areas. Number one, you must overcome rejection. No matter what you've been through. Number two, you must overcome any rebellion or disobedience. Because those two spirits are two of the main weapons that the enemy uses against people to cause them to be double-minded, to be unstable, to waver, and not to be steadfast in their relationships, their ministries, and their walk with God. If you don't overcome those two areas, you're going to find your spiritual life up and down. You're going to find yourself inconsistent. You're going to find yourself not being steadfast. You're going to find yourself like a ping pong ball back and forth or like a yo-yo up and down or like a roller coaster up and down in your spiritual life, in your relationships. So it's two areas I'm going to talk about today. I talked about them some um, this morning and I'm going to talk about them in this second service. And then tonight I'm going to pray in these two areas and there are a lot of spirits that are connected to those two spirits. And there's a whole network of demons that operate with each one. I would say that rejection and rebellion are like doorkeepers. They open the door for other things to come into a person's life. And so I'm going to talk about the spirits that work with them and how sometimes we need deliverance. But these are two of the root problems that most people deal with. Uh, so many people in their life, they've been hurt, they've been abandoned, they've been rejected, they've been mistreated. Sometimes early in life, they feel unwanted, they feel unloved, they feel rejected. Some people seem to be able to deal with it better than others. Some people tend to still develop a stable personality in spite of what they've been to, through. But there's some people that these things early in life really open the door for them to have a lot of problems, especially in their teenage years. 
For instance, lust. Lust or the spirit of lust, whether it's adultery, fornication, generally is rooted in rejection. It's what I call a compensating demon for rejection. When a person feels unloved and unwanted, the enemy substitutes sexual lust for true love. And you find people that get involved in all kinds of relationships because they're really looking for love. But instead, they think lust will satisfy their need for love. And they find themselves in perversion, in lust, multiple partners, sometimes at a very young age because of the spirit of rejection. And then the spirit of rebellion often comes in through rejection where a person becomes rebellious or disobedient. And um, that follows them even into their life with Christ. So sometimes they have a difficult time obeying God and being submitted to God's will. And this is the reason why we have so many people that backslide, backsliders, people that know the word of God, but have a difficult time obeying God, being submitted to God's will for a number of reasons. So we're going to talk about those two strongholds. There's a verse I want to give you, uh, two verses to start. One is James 1 and 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And then there is a verse that most of you may be familiar with. When Elijah tells the people, how long will you halt between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. So we see that the prophet is dealing with people who are double-minded in their relationship with God. For a period, they're serving God. And then they leave God and go to Baal. And then they come back to God. And then they go back to Baal. You find this in the book of Judges. They would serve God for a period of time. And then they would begin to worship idols. And God would judge them. They would cry out to God. God would deliver them. And it was a never-ending cycle throughout the history of Israel that they kept coming and going. They kept leaving God and coming back to God. Uh, that is another picture of being unstable, being double-minded, being inconsistent, not being loyal, faithful, and steadfast with God. Often when we deal with individuals who are not steadfast in their relationships, they may not be steadfast in their walk with God. Sometimes the problem is instability. They're unstable in their personality because of these strongholds that have never been broken or challenged in their life through deliverance. And it can be very confusing for a person. I've dealt with people that tell me, I don't understand why I'm like this. I don't know why I can't be consistent in my life. 
I don't know why I don't seem to have success in my personal life, uh, in my business, while I'm always changing, while I'm always uh, up and down. I don't understand myself because many of us do not know the spiritual background of certain demons and how they can operate in a person's life to keep them from being consistent. Uh, the scripture says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So it's really the will of God that you be a steadfast, consistent believer, that you are not double-minded, that you're not unstable, even if it's not major instability in your life. And I, I challenge people to look at your personal life and ask yourself, is there any area of my life where I am not stable, where I am not consistent, where I am not steadfast? Because many people have believed the lie of the enemy that that's just the way you are, um, that's just the way people are, but remember, you are made in the image of God. I said you're made in the image of God. One of, the, one of God's major characteristics is, I am the Lord God who changes not. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is consistent. God is faithful. God is loyal. God is the same. And so if you're made in God's image and God's likeness, it is the will of God that you be consistent, that you be steadfast, that you be immovable. And oftentimes when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we don't allow the Lord to do a deep work in us to make sure that we're delivered from any inconsistency, any double-mindedness, Anything that causes us not to be steadfast. This is the reason why sometimes pastors have a difficult problem with even church members. Because I've seen many church members come and they commit to a church and they're there for a season, but then they're not consistent. And there are people that have been members of 15 churches in 15 months. If you're all over the place, it's nothing wrong with the church. It's something wrong with you. You're not consistent. And I've known people, I've seen them in their personal lives. They do good for a while. They walk with God strongly for a while. And either they're backslidden or they're in depression or they're all over the place. And they never seem to get the kind of deliverance they need to be healed and to be whole. I know that people go through some terrible things in life. Especially coming up in life. And so by the time they come to the Lord. There are a lot of issues. That they have in their life. That God wants to heal. And God wants to restore. Uh, and, and if we don't understand. These things. If we have no knowledge of these things. The enemy is able to operate in our lives. So that we're not consistent we're not steadfast, or we're not the kind of person that's not wavering. It is difficult to find people who don't waver. They're consistent. They walk in faith consistently. 
They walk in joy consistently. They walk in holiness consistently. Uh, they're the same no matter what they're going through, no matter what life brings their way, because they are whole people. They're healed people. They're delivered people. And so the church is not here just so you can come and hear a message or hear a sermon every Sunday. The church should be a place of healing. I said the church should be a place of healing and a place where you can come in and be made whole. And that's primarily through the word, but it's also through the ministry of deliverance. And so I'm going to talk about this stronghold tonight. I call it double mindedness. There are two main spirits that control double mindedness. And uh, when you deal with double mindedness, the psychiatrist We'll call it schizophrenia. That's the clinical term. And of course, psychiatrists, they do a, a good job. Um, but I'm reminded of this story. There was a man who, because of his trauma, uh, was put on disability, was getting a, a check from the government. And he became, he began to come and get deliverance and began to get set free. And he didn't know what to do if he reported back to the psychiatrist because he was afraid if I, if I, if I come back and I'm whole, they're going to stop my check. So he didn't know what to tell the psychiatrist. So they told him, tell the psychiatrist that you went to church and had demons cast out of you. Well, guess what? They wanted to increase his money. <laughs> you, I mean, you tell, if a psychiatrist is not Christian, you tell them that you've been going to a deliverance church and they cast demons out of you. I mean, if Mary Magdalene would have went and said, seven devils came out of me, they probably would think that's a little bit crazy. Because most churches don't deal with demons and casting demons out. And so there is a process through which God can make you whole. And those two strongholds, rejection is something that almost every person in this room has dealt with in your life to some degree or another. It could be rejection from mother, rejection from father. It can be societal rejection. Uh, it could be, I've dealt with people who were rejected because um, when, they, when, when they were conceived, their father wanted a boy instead of a girl. So the girl was rejected because they were, or unwanted pregnancy. We weren't planning this child and the child didn't really come into an atmosphere of love. There are people that have been abandoned, hurt, mistreated, abused, raped, molested. All of that tends to cause a person to feel rejected and unloved and unwanted. And this stronghold, what it does, it really drives you inwardly. It drives you inwardly. We call it a uh, introvert to the place where you almost go into hiding. Uh, because rejection hurts so much. And because you don't want to be hurt, you tend to pull back and kind of pull into your own world. 
And there's certain spirits that operate with rejection. One of them is hurt. Another one is lust. Another one is depression, sadness and depression, because people who have been rejected tend to become depressed. They become discouraged because they feel unloved and unwanted. So I've dealt with people who have a major problem with, with depression. They go into depression for months at a time. Sometimes that is demonic and it needs to be dealt with because you cannot be a successful believer if you're depressed. If that thing is in you and you don't deal with it and get delivered from depression. It's a, another interesting spirit that I've dealt with that many people would not even know is demonic. And it's the spirit of perfectionism. Where it's nothing wrong with wanting to be perfect, but some people have a spirit where if you don't do everything perfect, they have a problem with you. And that sometimes come, by the way, it also operates in religion through legalism. Because legalism is if I keep all of God's laws perfectly, then God will accept me. If I don't, he'll reject me. And so people get involved in legalism and legalistic churches and a bunch of rules and regulations because they feel if I just do everything perfect, I'll be accepted. It's really a compensating demon for um, for rejection. Listen, one thing I love about God is that God is not not causing you to keep every law in the Bible. You know, people get caught up into whether or not you can eat pork or you know, dietary laws. There's a whole movement now where people are teaching that you can't eat pork. I don't think when you stand before God and God is, you know, considering all of your, 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 your things, what you've done and judging you, he's going to say, I see you got saved. I see you join word of truth. I see you got full of the Holy Ghost. I see you walking with God. I see you praising God and living for me. All of a sudden rib tips comes up. Got ho ho. What's these ribs? I mean, you're not going to hell over a pork chop, people. You're not going to hell over bacon. But people get into legalism because legalism is if I do everything perfectly and keep all these rules, I'll get accepted. That's why you got to get this stuff out your life. Because this stuff can get you involved in cults, involved in false churches, because you're so busy trying to please man and please what you think is God's rules until you find yourself with all these weird regulations. You can't do anything. It's amazing. Some Christians, they can't have fun. They can't live life. I don't want to be so religious I can't enjoy life. I don't want to have so much rejection until I'm trying to earn my way to heaven. How many know by grace are you saved? I mean, you don't have to earn your way to heaven. So if you don't get delivered from this stuff, this stuff will, and then this, then this rejection spirit will also make you a man pleaser. You're always trying to please people because you don't want anyone to reject you. Now listen, I, no one likes rejection. Um, you know, growing up, let me just tell on myself here. You know, when you went to a dance, you know, the guy had to ask the girl to dance. 
See, some guys didn't care. They asked every woman until they get one. They go right down the line. No, no. I couldn't deal with all that rejection. I had a hard time asking any girl to dance. Because if she said no, I'd be, oh, no, I just, I just can't deal with rejection well. And if you're not careful, that can have you becoming a man pleaser. See, some guys didn't care. They asked every woman in the place. I don't care how many times she say no, they're going to find somebody to dance with. But I had an issue. So I was real shy when it came to asking girls. I mean, I'm fine and all that, but you know, sometimes, it's a joke, people. You know, I know I'm fine, but sometimes you can become a man pleaser. And when you become like that, when you're afraid of rejection, by the way, there's a demon called fear of rejection. There's a demon called self-rejection where you reject yourself. There's one called rejection. I call them the demonic trio. Anytime I'm casting spirits of rejection out of people, I deal with fear of rejection and self-rejection. The worst thing about rejection is when other people reject you, you begin to reject yourself. You think something's wrong with you. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes people have issues in their life. And when, and when, and when you don't deal with rejection in your life and overcome it, then you'll find yourself becoming a man pleaser because you're so afraid of what people think until when God tells you to do something, instead of you obeying God, you're afraid if you obey God, then someone won't like it. Let me give you some wisdom. When it comes to obeying God, it doesn't make any difference what anybody thinks. You got to get to the place, I'm going to obey God if mama don't like it, come on, if daddy don't like it, if sister don't like it, if brothers don't like it, Listen, you cannot allow rejection to control your life. It's a major stronghold. Depression, sadness, discouragement, hurt. Then there's insecurity, inferiority. There's lust. There's harlotry. All kinds of sexual issues come because lust is a compensation for rejection. When you've been rejected, you, you, you can get involved in sexual sin because that's a substitute for true love. But the one thing about God is that if you come to him, he will in, by no means cast you out. I'm glad God accepts us based on the blood of Jesus. And, and, and then I began to, when, when I began to study rejection, I said, Lord, I said, this is such a major problem. And the Lord told me this. He said, son, read Isaiah 53. He said, one of the reasons why I was rejected. It says he was despised and rejected of men. Jesus actually suffered rejection so he can identify with your rejection. So he can help heal you from your rejection. And so rejection or deliverance from rejection is in the atonement. Jesus was despised and rejected. You can never go to Jesus and say, Lord, you don't know how it feels. 
to be rejected. He said, oh, yes, I do. I was rejected by my own people. I was rejected to the place where they put me on a cross. I was rejected by the high priests and the religious leaders of my day. I was rejected. So Jesus knows exactly what it feels like to be rejected. Why? Because he wants to heal you of rejection. He wants to deliver you from rejection. So rejection is right in the atonement. It is such a major issue in life. You can go on social media. Pastor talked about he's not much of a, a social media person. Well, I wasn't either until I got on Facebook about 12 years ago. I finally got on there. And um, I found myself arguing and debating with people. I got into debates with Muslims from the Middle East. I'm on there arguing with folk all 12 hours a day. My kids say, Daddy, would you please get off Facebook? I'm on there debating Muslims and arguing with Muslims about the Bible and the Quran. And I, 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 had, to, I had to shut down from Facebook because I got too much into it. And, and then I, I can get kind of cold sometimes. You know, when people say something dumb, I just say, that's the most stupid thing I ever heard. You know, that's an idiot. That's a, you an idiot. I mean, I would type stuff like that. You just an idiot. And I had to really get, repent and get some healing. And then because I, I, you know, I'm from the South Side. I just tell you, you a, you a dummy. Amen. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Amen. You stupid. You stuck on stupid. You came from stupid. You ain't going nowhere because you're stupid. I had to say, let me pull back from here because I'm getting in the flesh now. That's just me. I hate. If it's one thing I hate. I hate stupidity. Because wisdom is the principal thing. When you read the book of Proverbs, you know what the book of Proverbs really is about? It's about wisdom. But another uh, way you can call that book is don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Don't do stupid stuff. If you want your life to go well, don't be an idiot. Don't be stupid. Don't be a fool. Don't be whack. Don't be a nut. Don't be a nut job. If you want your your life to go well, don't be whack. It's too many whack folk on the earth. I don't know why God let this happen to me. God let it happen because you're dumb, because you're stupid, because you make dumb decisions. Stop blaming God for your stupidity. And all of us have done something stupid. When you look back at your life, you say, my God, by the grace of God, I'm still alive. I mean, how many did some dumb stuff when you were a teenager? Just dumb stuff. Just stuff that, you know, your parents and your grandparents would just knock on your head. Is anybody home? Amen. Is anybody home? You're just dumb. That's stupid. Don't do it. I mean, you meet that person. And everybody's discernment kicks in. Don't do it. The baby's screaming. You bring that person home, you're going to marry and you hand the baby, the baby, ah, no, no. The baby got discernment. Dog run away. Everybody know this is crazy. You ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with them. Y'all they looking at them the wrong way. No, we see demons. We see this is a mess. This is a shipwreck going. This is an accident going somewhere to happen. If you marry this person, you're going to have trouble. And then, then when they do it, then they want to call you for counseling and prayer and deliverance. Yeah. I was, um, I went to Africa to preach. 
as a pastor, I came home. A couple walked up to me in my church. They said, guess what, pastor? When you were gone, we got married. I said, what? Yeah, we got married while you were gone. No counseling. Didn't even know they were talking. They got married. I said, why would you do that? I'm overseas and you got married. So I said, okay. I I gave him the best verse I could. Marriage is honorable. (laughs) Couple years later, he was a keyboard player in my church. His wife wasn't too stable. I knew the girl he married. She was in need of a lot of deliverance. Very pretty girl, but don't let pretty fool you. There can be a lot of demons behind that pretty. So we're in the service. He's playing the keyboard. She walks in the service while we're in worship. Walks up to him on the keyboard and gives him a right cross across his face while we're in service. So I said, here we go. This is the girl you married while I was away. He calls me. She takes all of his clothes one day, cuts up all of his suits, cuts up all of his clothes, takes them and throws them on the front lawn. I said, brother, you're going to have to get out of this. Now, I generally don't tell people to get a divorce. But in this case, I said, man, somebody's going to get hurt here. She's slugging you in service. She's cutting up your clothes. I said, you're going to have, this is not going to work, brother. You shouldn't have done it in the, I didn't beat him up. I should have said, you know, it was real dumb for you to marry her while I was gone. Because if you would have came and told me it was this one, I'd have told you we need to wait a couple years till we get about 50 more demons out of her. And then maybe you can marry her. But uh, it didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. Because he married somebody that has some issues. She loved church. She was in church praising God and, 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 and serving in the church. But she has some issues in her life. And when you're not stable, you're not ready to get married. If you're not a stable person and you don't have a lot of issues, too many people... We date and we see the issues, but we overlook them because we want to get married. Let me give you a, 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 I've been married 42 years. Yes. Have a great stable wife. Very stable. She's more stable than me, as a matter of fact. And... Marriage is more than having sex. You will not be having sex 24 hours a day. I hate to break your vision, but you will not be having sex 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You have to live with somebody. You gotta, you, you're marrying their past. 
You're marrying their experiences. You're marrying the bondages in their life. And unless they're stable and steadfast, you're going to have a serious problem in your marriage. Single people, single people, please listen to me. If you don't learn anything else, learn deliverance. Learn about demons so you can discern them when they're operating in someone's life. Because you don't want to marry somebody that's demonized. I know they, they come to church. I know they speak in tongues. I know they worship. I know they're quicken under the power. I know all of that. I don't see all of that. But um, if they're not stable, your life is not going to go well. It's, it's not going to be pleasant in your marriage. And we have so many marriage failures today because one person was unstable and they didn't really deal with the issues in their life. They didn't deal with the rejection, the hurt. They didn't deal with the rebellion, the disobedience that comes in as a result. They were too double minded. And as a result, they, 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 they wavered. They, they, you know, it's amazing how, you know, there, there's a, there's a song in the world that they sang. There's a thin line between love and hate. Folk can be like, I love you, baby. And next week, they're coming at you. <laughs> You're like, what in the world? You wake up and their head is doing like this. Demons are real. Rejection is real. Rebellion is real. And when, when it's rebellion, people get to the place where I don't care what God said. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's rebellion. That is demonic. I know what the Bible says. I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. I know what I'm doing is wrong. I had a young lady in my church. She, um, she, she began to get involved uh, outside of the church with sexual sin. So I said to her, I said, daughter, I said, not only is it sin, I said, it's dangerous because you don't know what you can con con get, contract. Thank you. You know, what she told me, she said, I just believe God going to protect me. Yeah. I want to just knock on her head. Is anybody home? Anybody here? I believe God's going to protect me. In other words, I know I'm in disobedience. I know I'm in sin, but God's going to protect me anyway. Listen, people of God, neither give place to the devil. And then when you're out there and you contract something that is deadly and, 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 and is designed to kill you, then you're complaining, asking God, why did you let this happen to me? A lot of stuff that happens to us, God let it happen because you let it happen. Amen. You have power and authority. You, you can't expect to do certain things and escape any, any kind of consequence. I know God is a merciful God, but she was determined. She didn't want to repent. She left, left the church. This is a person that was in deliverance, a person that was in the prophetic. I've seen people in the prophetic prophesying, singing the song of the Lord, 
casting out demons, operating in the power of God. I come from a church. We, we didn't just have church. We believe in prophesying. We believe in casting out devils. We believe in worship. We believe in glory. We believe in healing. We believe in miracles. We believe in faith. So it's not a church where we don't believe in the power of God. And I've seen people in God's glory worship and singing new songs, prophesying, decreeing, casting out devils. I've seen those people leave God. Walk away and become drug addicts and get involved in sin. What's the problem? It's called double-mindedness. How long will you halt between two opinions? It's called you can be in the glory, but if you don't deal with the issues of your life, you can be in the glory of God. But there's something in you the enemy can use. He can pull you out and you'll find yourself doing something that is so contrary to the word of God. I'm not talking about going to a church where there's no preaching and no teaching and no revelation and no apostolic and no deliverance and no power and no glory. I'm not just talking about going to some dead church where there's nothing. I'm talking about churches that are full of power and full of glory and full of the anointing and you, you sense God's presence and they see miracles and healing. They see demons cast out of people. They see the power of God. Those same people, if they don't deal with the issues in their own life, can walk out of the glory and go back into sin and go back into the world and tell you, I don't care what the Bible says, I'm going to do what I want to do. It's called rebellion. It's called disobedience. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. There's a whole group of demons that operate through rebellion. Number one is pride. Not humbling yourself. Another one is selfishness. A very strong demon. Where people become so selfish, all they think about is themselves. Another one is anti-submissive. Another one is anger. A bitterness, rage, violence, temper, murder, envy, jealousy, control, manipulation, domination. If you get hooked up with a person that has strong rebellion spirits, they become controlling. They become dominating. They want to control your life. You can be under the control of someone. Listen, it's never the will of God for one person to control another person. That is witchcraft. That is intimidation. That is domination. But when you have those strongholds in your life... Not only do you want to be rebellious, you want everybody to submit to you, but you don't want to submit to anybody. And you can be in church, be in the glory, and God is dealing with you, but never submit those areas to God. Deliverance is a process. And when you let God deal with the rejection with the depression, with the sadness, with the discouragement, with the lust uh, that would operate in your life. When you let God deal with the rebellion, with the, with the selfishness, with the stubbornness. Stubbornness is another demon. Self-will, stiff-necked, stubborn. You can sometimes see it in children. When they're growing up, you can see those spirits beginning to manifest. And we have children's deliverance. We take children through deliverance. Because children, if you don't get this stuff out of you, by the time you, you become an adult, you bring that stuff into your adult years. And now look at many adults. Many adults are in the world. They have, they're unstable. Their lives are messed up. Their relationships are messed up. They got a bad history. Their life is not going well. You know why? Because they think Jesus is just somebody you call on every now and then. And they're religious. And they never, they go to church. 
and they say, praise the Lord, but they never let God do a deep work inside of them. But they go to church. Yet they're living like the world. Another a, a demon is addiction. Addiction works with rejection. Let's see, when it comes to nicotine, smoking, drugs, alcohol, all those addiction demons, they're tied to rejection. Because uh, uh, addiction is a form of self-love. Where you're loving yourself. You can even eat too much. Gluttony can be a manifestation of rejection. We got to get, get, get control of these things, people of God. We shouldn't be a slave to anything. Jesus said, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And when you get free, you become stable. You become steadfast. You become unmovable. You become consistent. You become the child of God that God wants you to be. But if you don't deal with these issues in your life, you can hide them. You can cover them up. Uh, you can try to avoid them. But they're going to eventually manifest, especially when you get around people and you get involved in relationships and you get in the church and you have to relate to people and you have to get close to people. All of these issues start showing up. And then when people start saying, what is wrong with you? Then you say, nothing wrong with me. Everybody else is wrong but me. Blaming everybody for your issues and for your problem. Now, I'm a deliverance preacher. And uh, because I've been in deliverance since 1984, um, I taught my wife deliverance. So she knows how to use that knowledge when I'm not acting right. (laughs) Many years ago, I had a bout with self-pity. Self-pity is a demon, by the way, where you feel sorry for yourself. So I had one of my spiritual daughters. At that time, uh, I was... Dealing with a lot of rejection in ministry because I was involved in deliverance, involved in the prophetic and the apostolic. A lot of churches don't care for that. So they never invited me to they, they, they party. So I'm, I'm having a pity party. I'm saying, you know what? I'm telling my daughter, uh, I said, I just don't know what it is. You know, it's just like ain't the doors opening for me. And uh, they just don't want me to come preach. And I don't know what it, what's wrong with me. Is it somewhere wrong with my ministry? I'm preaching the truth. I'm preaching. And, I, and so, I, I'm, you know what she said? She said, she put her hands on me and says, uh, Heavenly Father, I just pray that you deliver my dad from self-pity. I'm like, I didn't teach you all that stuff to use on me. But when she said it, said it, I shook out of it. I said, you're right. That's demonic. I'm having a pity party. I, I learned years ago, trust God. Because if it's somebody don't want, Jesus said, join the club. They didn't like me either. Amen. He said, if you go into a city, don't receive you, shake the dust from your feet. And you came around having a pity party over what people think about you, especially if you're doing what is right. You better wake up and stop letting people control you because they don't like it. And and so I had to get delivered from self-pity because you can sit around feeling sorry for yourself, having a pity party, losing your joy and losing your peace because it is a demon that will attack your life. So sometimes I, I taught my wife deliverance. She would say, you know what? You just manifested. Said it's just a demon. I know you're an apostle and all that, but you, you got a demon. 
You need some deliverance. I mean, I ain't no, ain't no devil. Is there. No, that's just demonic, and I ain't dealing with it. And uh, sometimes I use it on her too. It's a demon. Amen. We use it on each other. That's demonic. Amen. Get some deliverance. You know, we don't like when folk tell us, you know, you manifesting demons. That ain't of God. Amen. That's the wrong spirit. Even Jesus told his disciples when they wanted to call fire down from heaven, he said, you know not what spirit you're of. That's the wrong spirit. And then when Peter said, Lord, you're not going to, to suffer, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. I like Jesus. Jesus called it a demon. Yeah, it's a demon, Peter. Amen. Disciples, those are just demons. You got the wrong spirit. You want to kill folk because they didn't accept you. I came to save life, not to call fire down from heaven. So sometimes you can operate in the wrong spirit and not even know it. But thank God for somebody with some discernment that can say that is not of God. You need to renounce that. You need to get delivered from that. You need to loose yourself from that because that's going to hinder you completely as you move forward. There are people that never join the church. Because they have a spirit of hurt. Hurt. I always hurt. They hurt me. And this church hurt me. And this pastor hurt me. And I've been hurt so much. And hurt, hurt, hurt. Hurt is a demon, by the way. I've dealt with it a lot of times. The spirit of hurt. The spirit of deep hurt. And then people are always hurt. Everybody's hurt. We, we got the most offended people today. Everybody get hurt by everybody. On, fo- on Facebook, people are hurt. They're manifesting on social media. Instagram, all the hurt folks on there. Face- Facebook, all the hurt folks on there. They're on Clubhouse. All the hurt folks. Everybody hurt. Everybody crying. Everybody sad. Get some deliverance. Get some healing. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Stop walking around hurt all your life. And I know people have done something wrong, but forgive people, release them, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So we're living with a hurt generation. Everybody's offended. Everybody mad at somebody. Black folk hate the white folk. The Indian folk hate the white folk. The Irish hate the English. The Pakistanis hate the Indians. Everybody got an issue with everybody. Everybody hurt, offended by what happened years ago. You better get healed and move on with your life. Because Jesus came that you might have life and that you may have it more abundant. And listen, I'm not going to live a hurt life. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to have the joy and victory of God. I don't care. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I will condemn it. I know deliverance. I know you can be set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I said whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus came to set us free from this garbage. Jesus came to heal us so we can be whole and we can walk consistently in the things of God. So tonight I'm going to be dealing with double mindedness, rejection, rebellion, rejection, rebellion, rejection, Rebellion, the two strongholds of the double-minded personality. Rejection, rebellion, and all the demons that work with rejection and all the demons that work with rebellion, we're going to loose ourselves. I said we're going to loose ourselves. Because this stuff is not going to control my life. I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be unmovable. 
I'm going to be without wavering. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm not going to be a doubter. I'm not going to be full of unbelief. I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to be the head and not the tail. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I I am on top. I'm the head and not the tail. Listen, God wants to set you free and heal you. And the enemy, listen to me very carefully. The enemy tries to put this on everybody. The devil wants everybody to be unstable. But Jesus came to heal everybody. And deliver everybody. And that's what we're going to be praying for tonight. And I'm believing for a lot of deliverance to take place in the lives of people in areas you may not even have known that you struggle with. But I'm going to deal with these spirits. and I'm going to call them out. We're going to release ourselves from them. We're not going to be double-minded. We're not going to be like the people of Elijah's day. How long will you halt between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. You're not going to be back and forth, in and out, up and down. You're going to be that strong, consistent consistent, steadfast, unmovable believer that's always full of joy and peace and long-suffering and and gentleness and patience and kindness and faith. You're going to be the same every every year, every month. You're not going to be up and down. You're going to be consistent. God is going to heal us and make us stronger so we can enjoy life. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. One of the keys to prosperity is being stable. Being stable. In your walk with God, in your personality, being stable. You can excel if you're stable. You can deal with life if you're stable. Life is difficult for unstable people. Life's challenges will knock you all over the place. You'll be like a ping pong ball back and forth when life finishes with you. You'll be like a yo-yo up and down. You'll be a person that's all over the place. The moment there's a crisis, the moment there's a problem, I'm telling you, a lot of people are not doing well during this pandemic. They're not stable. People are losing it. They're not stable. When you're stable, you can go through a pandemic. I said when you're stable, you can go through a pandemic. When you're not stable, people, we're having a whole issue now with mental health because of this pandemic. Because people couldn't handle what came on the earth and being shut in and being locked down and losing jobs and financially challenged. They couldn't handle it. They're they're losing it. They're breaking down. They don't know what to do because they were not stable enough to handle the situation. I like what Jesus did. When the winds came and the, and, and the, and the, and the waves came, he slept in the boat and he got up and he spoke to the winds and he spoke to the waves because he was a stable, whole individual. He wasn't afraid. He didn't say it was going to all end. Listen, you got to be stable. If you're going to deal with the junk that comes on the earth, amen, you still have joy. You still have victory. You still have peace. You still praise God. You still worship God. You're not, you're not any different than you were before the pandemic. I'm the same Holy Ghost tongue-talking, prophesying believer I was before the pandemic hit. I'm going to be the 
the same a year from now when the pandemic is over. The pandemic does not change me. Come on, stand to your feet, people of God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I pray for everyone here in this service. And even tonight, Lord, as we gather, you do a major, major work inside of us to remove anything that will make us unstable. Thank you for being strong, consistent. Hallelujah. As you're standing, I've been doing a teaching on the trees of the Bible and what they mean prophetically. And yesterday I did a teaching on the cedar tree, the cedar of Lebanon. And the cedar is one of the strongest trees. It grows straight up. I've been to Lebanon. I've seen these trees. They are amazing. It represents strength, stability, endurance, power. The cedar tree. I pray that God would make you like a cedar of Lebanon. I said I pray that God would make you like a cedar of Lebanon. I pray that you will be strong and stable as a cedar. That you'll not be one that wavers like the wave of the sea. But God's hand would come upon you and you'll be healed and delivered. Say, Lord, I loose myself from all instability, all inconsistency in my life. I will not waver. I will not be double-minded. I will be strong. I'll be steadfast. Thank you, Lord, for causing me to overcome all rejection, all rebellion that would try to operate in my life. These spirits will not control my life. I will be set free. I will be made whole. I will be healed. Thank you, Lord, for making me that strong, steadfast, consistent believer that you want me to be. I will be stable in my emotions, in my life, all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord, for healing me, delivering me, restoring me. And making me whole. And for all the rest of my life. I will be stable. Thank you Lord. For doing a miracle in my life. Now the different people. I'm going to pray this. I'm going to be finished. Some people have a different challenge in this area more than others. And I'm not here to make you feel bad, to condemn you, to beat you up. I'm here to really share with you, I believe, a revelation that will change your life and the rest of the course of your life. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be blessed. 
And prosperity begins on the inside. How many know that's true? It begins on the inside. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Prosperity begins on the inside and it manifests on the outside. So I'm praying that God would do something inside of us. Say, Lord, let me prosper from the inside out. Say it again, Lord, let me prosper from the inside out. One more time, Lord, let me prosper from the inside out. Yes. Hmm. And I believe God is reaching inside of us and dealing with internal issues of our heart from our past. And God is beginning to remove those things and causing us to be able to prosper on the outside. I believe tonight God is going to work miracles. I believe he's already starting now. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and receive it now. Receive it now. Let the hand of the Lord come now into your life and begin to remove those things that make you unstable in your walk with him or in your relationships with others. Thank you, Lord, for doing a healing inside of us. Oh, lift those hands and just begin to worship him. Hallelujah. Come on, begin to worship him. I'm almost finished. Hallelujah. It's coming. The hand of the Lord is coming. And touching you now. I am coming with power to do a work in you now. And in the days to come, you'll begin to see a new stability. A new grace will come on thee. And those who come to me, I will work within. I will go deep inside of you and bring my healing. Don't be afraid, my sons and daughters. For I'm about to do something new. I'm about to touch you. I'm working inside of you. I'm taking away the things. The things that would hold you back. I'm causing you to walk into a place where there will be no lack. You will prosper in the days to come because of my stability. I've come to touch you, my children. I've come to do a work in thee. Oh, so lift your hands and receive this grace I send to you. Lift your hands and receive. For the thing I do, it will be new. I will change you. I will make you the strong person I want you to be. I will make you strong, my people. I will make you strong as the cedar tree. You'll grow strong and stable. In the days to come, you'll walk with new strength. 
my children. It'll be so much fun. The days of sadness are over for you. I dry up your tears. I drive away anything. I take away all your fears. Oh, so lift your hands to me. Lift your hands to me. I'm your healer. I'm your redeemer. I set you free. I set you free. I set you free. I brought you to my house. I've come to set you free. I've drawn you to this place. I brought you into this space. I've called you by my grace that you might run the race. So get ready. I'm healing you. Get ready, says the Lord. I'm restoring you. I make you whole. I make you strong. I heal you of the past. I make you whole. I make you strong. I deliver you from your past. The Lord is going to deliver many people from things of the past. And the Lord says your past will not hinder you in your present. And the Lord said your past will not stop you from going into your future. The Lord says there's a future for you. And you'll not be held back by what happened years ago. But the Lord said I'm putting that behind you. And you're going to walk with a new faith, a new confidence, a new assurance, and a new joy. So the Lord said, get ready for I'm releasing you from the things that you struggle with in your past. And the Lord said, you'll struggle with them no more. It's over, says the Lord. I bring an expiration date to the weeping of your past. Weeping may endure for a night, but now joy comes, says the Lord. Oh, so put your hands together, lift your voice, and give me a praise, says the Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on. Keep worshiping. I'm almost done. I feel the anointing. I feel the prophetic anointing. The Lord says you'll not walk into your future weak, but you'll walk into your future strong. The Lord said you'll not walk into your future because of the bad things that has happened to you recently. But I'm doing something new in your life. And the Lord said you'll be stronger as the years go by. I'm renewing your youth like the eagle. Hallelujah. And when people look at you, they'll say, how did you make it? And you'll say, my God has been gracious unto me. My God has delivered me. My God has healed me. My God has loosed me from my bonds. I'm no longer in captivity. But I enjoy the freedom of the Lord. If you are free today, put those hands together. Lift your voice with a shout of praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout glory in this place. Yes. 
is. Do you have anything, Marcus? You okay? Okay. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We bless you. How many believe God? How many ready for a miracle? How many ready for a change? How many ready for something new? Say, Lord, release it in my life. Do a new thing in my life. Do a new thing in my life. Do a new thing in my life. Yes, he's going to do it, people. I want you to come believing God. I want you to come expecting. I want you to come believing God. I want you to come expecting. I want you to come believing God. I want you to come expecting. I said, I want you to come believing God. I want you to come expecting tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I'm finished, Pastor. Over here, come on. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's give the Lord a praise. Wow. Just a couple of things. How many of you feel the presence of the Lord even now? See, healing is taking place now. Deliverance is taking place. See, it's already started. The foundation has been set. The foundation has been set. Touch yourself and say, I'm believing. Come on, you got to say it like you say, I'm believing. I'm expecting. I'm believing. I'm expecting. Tonight. Say tonight. Ooh, tonight. God is already here. The glory cloud is already here. But tonight, if you know someone that needs to be here tonight, invite, go get them. You know what? Just say, I'm coming to your house, picking you up. Where are we going? Don't worry about it. Just come with me tonight. Just hang out with me tonight. Because God is going to move mightily tonight. Last thing. Apostle has... Some of his books.